Hey. No. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Bastards podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and how thanks to 3D printing, NASA can basically email tools to astronauts. My name is Michael Basinger. <laughs> yeah, very true. With me are Brad Polly. Hey. Matt Polly. Hey there. Together we are the Inglorious Bastards. What's up? Not much, man. How are you? Doing all right. Good. How are you? It's been a, it's been a tense day today. Has it? Yeah, kind you were of. off work. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Stats. I don't know. You said a good day. Hold your daughter all day. Well, though. it's probably that the fact that I I could that you had to be a father. Day. No, that no, she was sick. So oh god, it's, that, that's Ooh. not exactly. Uh, prime fathering time. She barf on you. Or no, she just had a cold. Yeah, and we've got that going around our house just, right now. Too. She didn't. Yeah. All she wanted to do is cut on. You know, that sounds horrifying. How yeah. dare you cuddle with your daughter? I know, but I just got nothing. It's like the only time a judoodle actually ever cuddles when he's sick. You literally just said I got nothing done. I got nothing done. Just cuddling. I did four calls and drove 460 miles today, and it was actually I did. fine. I did. It's a good day. 100 today. I had a good day. Oh, so it was, it was my good. day was fine. Yeah. Announcements: Third year anniversary, March 23rd, 2019, 6 p.m. Bloomington, Indiana. RSVP at facebook.com slash. Has anybody podcast. is anybody coming to this thing? I have no idea. They, right. they need to RSVP. Soon. I am. Because because there could <laughs> be, be three of us. I, there could be a shortage of beer <laughs> if you don't RSVP. Mandy's a solid maybe. <laughs> yeah. There could be a shortage of beer if you don't RSVP, so, you know, that's on you. Yeah. I did um, find out today that there's another type of bee besides the honeybee. Really? Yeah. You did not know there was more than one type of yeah, bee? Yeah, there's one that actually makes milk. Oh, God, what's the joke? <laughs> Just uh, say it. It's a booby. No. <laughs> no, don't, no. Dude, don't, you don't get to do that doing? to yourself. No, yeah, it, no. really. You're going to throw that crap out I here. Do. I do have a pretty good joke, though, you want to hear it? No. no, that wasn't any good. No, There's a God! <laughs> no, God! There's a, duck Please, that, no! there's a duck that walks into a bar. No! Just listen. Just listen. No! You'll like this one. A duck walks into a bar. No! <laughs> and he says, you got any bread? Bartender says, no. Duck says, you got any no, bread? No, no. I already know this joke. Just say it. Just finish the joke. Bartender says no. Duck says, "Do you got any bread?" He says, "No." If you ask me again, I'm gonna nail your beak to the bar. Oh, uh, you're reading this off the goddamn thing. <laughs> of course I am. How do you tell jokes? Duck says, "You got any nails?" Bartender says, "No." He says, "You got any bread?" Hold it! Hold it! What the hell is that shit? I'm just embracing it. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> I'm just embracing it. I mean, yeah. what are you? What are you doing? What is this? There's Whatever a, this is now. New Matt, worse than old Matt. God. Is meet he? the new boss. Is he? Meet the new boss, worse than the old boss. Someone will oh, appreciate gosh. that. Can we bring back no unenlightened Matt again? He was, <laughs> he was actually fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jeez. We played this in backwards one. Make good lord. Uh, I did. I did. Uh, I did some meditation on the way home, though. Actually. Oh, good job. Yeah. That uh, Oak app you were talking about was yeah. it last week. That's uh, really no, good. It was I like that. Uh, the book club. Book club. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I really like that because I did. Uh, I did a couple times this week of just the breath. Yeah, it's like a minute and a half. You do like six or seven breaths. Yeah, and it just that's it. It's e- it's it's good. And then I, really I did like actually it. one of the me- like ten minute meditation day. It was great on the yeah. way home. Great. Move on. What's next. God. God. 
Matt, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you. Everyone check out Oak the app. Yeah, Oak the app's really it's, good. It's Oak? like the, What is it again? It's called it's Oak. It's O-A-K. Um, yeah, I can spell it, Oak. Well, Thank you. It's all free. <laughs> it's just real basic, but it... Yeah, it's all free, which is really How is this really different nice. than Insight? Um, Insight, you got to pay to download no, shit. Not always. To download offline content, you have to pay oh, for it. Oh, I don't it. do offline content. I would like to do offline content, but you have to fucking pay for and it. Fit and, oh, Oak, Meditation, and Breathing. There you go. Yeah. All right. Yep. I didn't really so another to another app I download. Use. Yeah, it's it's only it's like sixty it's sixty dollars a year, which is nothing. Yeah, but, but still, it's still, I don't for, want to drop sixty free, bucks to, for free content. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, that I probably won't use. Hey, hey, what are you drinking? Yeah, hey, you're breathing hey, in a microphone. Hey, so I much better than my jokes. Yeah. Oh, right. I actually don't like either one of them. That was Brian O'Dean and the O'Neaters. <laughs> the O'Deaners. Another one of O'Dean's hits. Mm. Yeah. He wrote that. He wrote that, that, didn't he? Yeah. Um well later on in the interview, we're gonna have uh we just had a various you just various shit tax out of my, man just shit years. out of my fridge. It was four ninety nine for the, a four uh, pack, gold so. standard. Fantastic, it's yeah. So good. I had frozen assets. I have frozen assets too. That's also good. Uh, but now we <laughs> I don't have. Think Michael likes this one too much. Really? Too, too spicy. Really? I don't like spicy beers. So I got a bunch of shit down in South Carolina. Um, <laughs> Your face. Then give it to me because I'll. Drink. I don't want you to waste it. That's a good the beer. Face. God. Here's the thing. Oh. I want. I want liquid to be refreshing, not. Make I don't know. It's pretty another. refreshing. Does that include it's semen, too, Michael? It's you really semen not. To be that's really not that. It's not. I don't know. You let me know when you find out. Oh God. Uh, this this is from Palmetto Brewing Company in South Carolina, um, in Charleston. Yeah. It's called Ghost. Oh, I had a song for this. Negative Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. Um, it's oh, called Ghost Rider. It's little Johnny and uh, Willie. God, it's so good, yeah, man. If you don't have Johnny Cash it's and so Willie good. Nelson, uh, VH1 Storytellers. Oh, shit. I need to watch that again. All right. Go ahead. When all at once no, go ahead. Just, it's called Ghost Rider. It's made with ghost pepper. Um, just it's not. It's just a little bit of spice. I like it. With cherries and ghost pepper. So I don't get a whole lot of cherry No, but that, it, it's just a hint of spice. Yeah. It's just a really good It's a good beer. Yeah. God, this song's great. All right, so we're just canceling the podcast. We're just going to listen to this. This is going to be the rest of the podcast. God, this is such a great show, man. Yeah. This is how they started with Ghost Riders in the Sky. I actually have uh, Bruce Springsteen Storytellers on DVD. Oh, that's nice. really good. I don't think I've seen that one. It's good. I can let you borrow it. Is it on like, Apple? Oh, I have no idea. I, I, I bought did it. it ever get released as a I don't album? Know. It's, uh, it's definitely on DVD. That's what I have. Anyway, this beer's pretty so. good. I'm pretty happy with this one, actually. Yeah, I think it's all right. Yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's, it's good. a decent it's just, ale. I don't, I, beer and pepper oh, don't God. mix for me. So That's fine. What it, were we talking about earlier? What beer do we have that we were talking you can, about? You can be okay spicy? with me not liking pepper. It was something it. from Zwanzig's. It was oh, a, yeah. It was it, a ghost pepper beer. But, man, it, it was better than this. This might actually be hotter than that one was. Yeah. I don't know, man. That one added. I had this one, one of those. This one builds on you a little bit. It's not bad, but yeah. definitely the more you I'm drink two of them, we'll see what happens. Uh, so this round is Michael on didn't like his. So. I'm assuming when I pee, it's going to feel like I have a UTI. Oh, oh God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. 
It's all for the podcast. Yeah. You see what we do for you we, people. We get we get ghost pepper UTIs just for just for you. <laughs> well, we have a hashtag now, so <laughs> yep, that's, there it is. <laughs> we we uh, got there. Speaking of UTIs, oh, speaking God. of UTIs, did anybody else watch the Grammys? No. I did. I watched part of it. I don't give a shit. I, well, I don't either, but like, I just watch for the pure spectacle of it, just to see Who if... Who are you saying has a UTI? No, so uh, <laughs> Post Malone performed with Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, God. dude. <laughs> he's a, he's, he's the embodiment of a UTI. Actually, I was, was a actually one. surprised at how well that first part, he actually pulled that shit off. Yeah, he did. Like, he actually pulled yeah. it off. I was I, was I don't shocked. like Post Malone I don't that either. much. But the... Uh, <laughs> There was a comment on Pitchfork where somebody was like, God, that lineup sounds like a, what did he say? That sounds like a UTI waiting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed for like 10 minutes. Oh, Yeah, God. the lead, lead singer, they, they swapped him out with Lloyd Christmas. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody in the first five rows got hepatitis yeah. just from Probably, watching it. Yeah. But it was, yeah. uh, it was pretty great. The lead singer looks like a mashup between uh, Anthony Lloyd Kiedis. Christmas and, was Anthony Kiedis. and Mark Spitz from the 70s. Uh, I, would, yeah. I would have said Iggy Pop. Oh, oh yeah. You get a little he bit does, of Iggy Pop. It's yeah. Lloyd Christmas and Iggy Pop if they yeah. had a baby. I had to explain to my 12-year-old that at one point in their career, the Red Hot Chili paper, Peppers only wore socks. Uh, yeah. And you know, he was like, not on the what feet. What do you mean? I was like, and yeah, not on the feet. Only, yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. Mm-hmm. Hell, how how they do that? I don't know, son. Don't ask too many questions. A lot of duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. <laughs> I guess clip them on Velcro. Uh, I uh, <laughs> yeah, because uh, I wouldn't think it would stay on that well. No, I mean, no, I wouldn't think so either. But whatever. Anyway, pretty yeah, strong was, uh, elastic. Yeah. So this round is on the Pastors Pub. It's a close <laughs> Facebook group. Uh, no, no, Pastors. Yeah, well, it's it is a close, Yeah, if you'd like to buy us around, go to patreon.com slash Pastors Podcast. You will get access to our Why spinoff podcast, you? access to the Pastors Pub. It's a close Facebook group where we talk about life, spirituality, and everything else. Things discussed in the pub this week. Uh, the Browns picking up Kareem Hunt. Oh, I mean, okay, I'm not surprised. Okay, two things. One, I wasn't cunt. surprised that somebody picked him up. My- no, he is a cunt. He is. You hear a what he did? Grade A cunt. Did I? He's on video just absolutely beating the shit out of a woman. Oh, like, good. Yeah, he, yeah. That's... So, I mean, okay, so that's the Chiefs, one of the Chiefs' best offensive players. They got rid of him mid-season. And Colin Kaepernick, he got a fucking job because he kneeled. Exactly, but this I guy know. beats the shit out of a yeah. woman, and he has another job. Yeah, yeah. I know. God damn it, I mean, man. like, fuck like, the NFL. If you've seen the video, the video is, like, disturbing. Yeah. Like, being like Ray Rice, it, no, worse like than Ray worse Rice. than Ray Rice. Jesus. He goes back to kick her again, like... I mean, it's yeah, it was bad. And in so one thing, a, I'm not surprised that somebody picked him up. B, I'm really not surprised it was the Browns. <laughs> like yeah. nothing about it surprised me in the least. Yeah, I knew when he got cut that somebody would pick him up. He's going to get suspended for who knows how many games. The NFL's got a who gives a sh- they I don't know. fucking care. It's a fucking it doesn't matter. No, to them. and here's the thing they don't he, care. Here's what's so he's gr- a money maker. I was thinking about today. Here's what's so gross is if he was like a mid level running back and wasn't any good, he'd he be would gone. Never be gone. Another, he would never play another. He'd game. be in the new was the AAS and it's like it league just, or whatever. It the just proves is. that like if you're good, you can get away with anything. anything. And it's just yeah. gross. It's fucking so anything. Gross. Oh man. All right, Fox News host. Pete Hegseth uh, said on air that he has not washed his hands in 10 years yeah, because gross. germs are not a real thing. I hope he fucking dies. <laughs> I hope he dies from it. There it is. I hope he dies from it. There Fuck he is. It's just fucking. First of all, do you shower? If you shower, you're washing your hands. Like, <laughs> no, he wears gloves whenever he's in the shower. God. Just, Hold on. Here comes Matt. Man. 
I'm like I'm so tired of the anti-intellectualism stuff. Fuck you, man. Like I hope you get measles, diphtheria, fucking dysentery. I hope you shit yourself to death. That's what I hope. God. I hope you wind him up and let him I hope go. You eat a taco. You accidentally lick your fingers or eat some Cheetos or some shit and lick your fingers. And I hope you get diphtheria and fucking die. God, I just, I'm so tired of this shit. Of course it's on Fox News. Where else would it be? Who knew Matt was Lewis Black? God. <laughs> He's my spirit animal. Oh, man. Oh, Don Rickles. Boy. God. <laughs> hey, Fatso. Man. Fatso. He. Hey, moron. <laughs> moron. Don Rickles. God. <laughs> um, also, oh, in case anybody thinks this is a shtick, it's not a shtick. No. I hope he fucking dies from He's some <laughs> stupid <laughs> shit he could have got. He could have fixed by washing his goddamn hands. <laughs> Back it up all you want. I don't care. The I'm not taking it back. Thoughts expressed this will not in this stand. You know, this aggression will not stand, man. <laughs> the thoughts dis- discussed in this podcast <laughs> yes, are, are Matt's and Matt's alone. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what we're yelling about. So you get nothing. You lose. Good you day, sir. Honestly, every time I try to do something fun or exciting, you make it not that way. <laughs> I hate everything. I love that, I love that sound by so, so much, much of yeah. what you are. Um, coming to America, the sequel. I'll go watch it. I'll go watch it. I, do it's you guys a, really think it's, you'll it's, watch it? Is it any Murphy money it's grab? It's such a terrible whatever. idea. When is the last time you guys went to the movies? Is Arsenio Hall still God, alive? I can't tell you the last time I went to the movies. That, that yeah, wasn't a kid's movie? I couldn't possibly tell you. But uh, Last Jedi. Wow! Probably. Yeah, that was the last. That was probably the last movie I went to. That was honestly two of my my two oldest over a year ago. It might have been. I went with Elijah. Yeah, Yeah. we went to a late showing. You're going to break that spell on. I don't care. Coming to America, the sequel. I mean, I might. Here's the thing. I you've got to go into that with no expectations whatsoever. It's a. It's a. It's an Eddie Murphy money. money It's Eddie Murphy. That's fine. Eddie Murphy needs the money. That's fine. Yeah. It's probably not even Eddie Murphy. It's probably his brother. Doug Murphy. Doug Murphy. (laughs) Jerry Murphy. (laughs) Doug Exeter. Doug Exeter. (laughs) Nobody's going to get that. Fucking nobody's going to get that reference. And I love it. Uh, Um, We also talked about... Doug Murphy. (laughs) We also talked about um, Matt's fifth grade school assignment. Man, so... My, so where that came from is mom. You had some killer uh, handwriting. Yeah, it wasn't I bad. Good better then than it is now. Uh, Lynn Knowles, who's a teacher, said my handwriting was it immaculate. Was very nice, so, yeah. And Janet Walker liked it too. So I'll take that as a good. Win. Good for her. Um, <laughs> so we just I, mom gave us gave me a bunch of my <laughs> elementary school shit for some reason. <laughs> like mom went through a cleaning phase. Uh, yeah, and just Great. like can't here, wait for my box. Take to this. Yes, and. <laughs> Bethany, Bethany has, has been going through the house like just a tornado and just, yeah, just so purging stuff. It's yeah. been great. Like yeah, I got four trash bags of clothes. Yeah. Four. I haven't even gone and through I my clothes yet. I still have too many clothes. I know. Four. I haven't Ridiculous. Even, I haven't even gone through clothes yet. Just awful. I went through like a third. I got rid of like I am a third a of my books probably. Person. Yeah. Yeah. I got rid of a bunch of a books, of books. But we were just too, going. Yeah. We just been going through stuff and that yeah. stuff came out of. And no, it has nothing to do with Marie Kondo. Right. No. It came out of our spare bedroom, but anyway, so we were going through. Nothing's it. It's just wrong funny. with Marie. No, it's fine. She's fine. Yeah, it's she's fine. fine. 
I my underwear's all balled up now in my drawer, and I'm not doing my t-shirts. I'm not folding my t-shirts like that. I don't care. Did you watch Marie Kondo? No, but Beth is Beth and Elijah's Beth rooms yeah. and I, Jude's I rooms. Saying, I guarantee Beth watched it. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Her her stuff, Elijah's stuff, <laughs> and right Jude's stuff <laughs> is all balled up and folded, and mine's just shoved in a fucking drawer, except for my underwear, and I don't care. I just I don't care. That perfectly describes your relationship with Beth, probably. <laughs> It really does. It probably does. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I will say the highly our, organized person living with an absolute <laughs> ghoul. <laughs> that's exactly what that is. Uh, yeah, but she loves me. So <laughs> that's fucking Slimer. Is that, is that where we landed on that? Beth, you love me? <laughs> yes. She said yes. So fuck all of you. Beth. Right. Isn't he a lovely person? He's a wonderful human being, isn't he? <laughs> we're doing much better years and years of training finally, uh, finally it took 20 years but we finally got there um all right so this letter matt wrote um or not really a letter it's in a school assignment it must have been man i don't remember yeah, i'm guessing it was so yeah. it's titled one person who really likes me and it's <laughs> it's a blank <laughs> and it says yeah, exactly one person who my really mom, my mommy loves me who really likes me <laughs> dot 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 is sarah temple way to say her name oh good work michael well, she doesn't care <laughs> she, she's not listening is she she's married with kids probably whatever. not she's but good she's Lord. not listening um just no cooth here's what he, here's what he said uh she <laughs> likes me because i'm handsome small wait 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 back up start again start again she likes me because I'm handsome, small, strong, and just plain good looking. Good to look at. Yeah, good to look at. Dude, I have no memory good to look at. <laughs> yeah. I have no memory of this at all. I can't believe I wrote that. I know she likes me because she makes goo goo eyes at me. You just got your asses whipped. By a bunch of goddamn nerds. The, I have no memory of that at all, man. And the man. teacher wrote, wow, is Sarah in fifth grade? Like, who is this Joe Glass uh, you speak Who is this imaginary person that likes you? Yeah. yeah. I've never heard of her before. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, man. And uh, last... <laughs> Fifth grade Matt was all like <laughs> Oh man Nope 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 Did Warren, did Warren make it onto Brian Zahn's playlist for the book? I don't, I don't think know. it did No. <laughs> we cannot get out of this segment right, quick get, enough. Okay. Uh, also discussed in the pub this week, uh, Ellen Page calls out Chris Pratt for attending an infamously anti-LGBTQ church. So I'm kind of, I don't know how to feel about any of that. What do you mean you don't know how to feel about it? Uh, I, I mean, this I think, is a whole podcast episode. Yeah, I think probably. I think people both had some. I think everybody had some really all good points. All she did was say No, no, no. no. I'm not saying she was in the wrong no, at all. all she did no, was no, say no, the no. Truth. I'm trying to figure out Pratt's responsibility in any of that. I, I, people, I, so every, just saying, no, I think everybody, everybody was reading, everybody had some good points. I like, there, I was reading that thread. Yeah. I didn't come on a thread. I think everybody had some pretty decent points on both sides of But here's the thing LGBTQ youth 
kill themselves more almost no, twice I agree. as much I, I know I, yeah, as any I other thing and those churches they empower moms and dads to treat their kids who are lgbtq like shit and that's right. where i draw the line like church churches need to be affirming or get the fuck out well there you go sorry that's, you go. I, I i just i have no i mean people were like oh well what if chris pratt he loses jobs because I don't fucking care. Chris Pratt will be fine. Chris Pratt isn't going to lose jobs. He's not going to lose jobs. No. He'll be fine. Yeah, I. Yeah, and this I, and the whole I care his, about his Christianity. Are, his are Christianity will be a phase, like any other phase that celebrities go through. It'll be a fucking phase, like everything else. And if it's not, that's fine. If yep, he, if but, he wants to be a Christian, yeah. that's fine. But it, don't get mad at somebody calling out um, a a church or a a person who goes to a church for um, for for not being affirming. I'm sorry. Hot take, Michael. Like, this is this is my line. Like, it like if if you're not going to be affirming, then just say you're not affirming. Don't dance around it. But how do you know he's not? I I, I think he is. I think it's the church that is. Right. I mean, he's That's what I'm saying. Money though. to this organization that is not notoriously not. So I don't know. That's just my hot take. All right. <laughs> this is part of why I had a bad day today. So. Fucking people on the internet, god damn it. Um free free. <laughs> no, there's a Alright. Um are we doing a fat bastards or a CCM corner? I don't think no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so we have anything. Yeah, that's no. fine. That's fine. We can take a week off. Nobody, nobody likes CCM Corner. No. So no, people do like CCM Corner because we get a lot of feedback about there's it. There's a lot but of But there are a lot of people don't. who hate yes. it. It's it's pretty split. Do we have any more of those duck fat caramels? I'll eat one of those on, <laughs> on live yeah, over there. Yeah. All right, Ugh. let's go. Uh, let's do the do the thing. Lock up your fears, dry all your tears, refill your beers. We're headed into the news feed. Florida woman. <laughs> Florida woman. Florida woman. Um, you can do what you want to us. But we're not going That's to great. sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United, United States, States of America. America. Gentlemen! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did we quit when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Germans? Yeah, Letty's on a roll. Uh, Madeira, Madeira Beach. It's where we used to vacation. Oh, yeah. It is. I've been Growing there. up a lot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Madeira Beach commissioner accused of licking city manager's face and grabbing genitals. God damn it, man. Oh, like, man. This is a woman, by the way. I, it, I don't doesn't care. Make it right. I don't no, care who it is. Like, hold I on, never hold in my no, wait, never me, in my just life. Just let me read this. Never story. in my life have I ever said, have I ever had the thought? You know what I should do? I should I should lick this person. Like that impulse has never entered my mind. I think Can I read this. Hey, please? you know what? I think about that all the time. But you know what? I just restrain myself like a decent human being. And I believe you. I'm kidding. I absolutely believe that you want to lick people. Like that—that's something you would do. Okay, so <clears throat> can't wait to lick you later. Jesus Christ! Licky boo boo. <laughs> Somebody kill me. Uh, a Madeira Beach city commissioner has resigned. Probably a good move. Well, yeah. Good Nancy call. Nancy Oakley, Andy's, fucking Nancy, Annie's daughter, uh, is accused of licking the former <laughs> city <laughs> manager's face. <laughs> that's pretty good. And grabbing his genitals. Oakley maintains the incident never happened. The Florida Commission on Ethics found Oakley did sexually harass the former city manager. On Wednesday night, the city commission publicly censured her and accepted her resignation. Here's what I think is interesting. 
Back in November of 2012, then-city manager Shane Crawford says Oakley attacked him sexually. So it took seven years to get this resolved. Jeez. What is she, Demi Moore? I guess. She would grab your genitalia and then lick you from your Adam's apple up across your face. Oh. And it just wasn't a pleasant issue, and she did that to show dominance, said Crawford. Wow. I just pee on stuff. I do, too. Wow. This is my pee corner, and this is my slop basket. Um, yeah, I pee on stuff or I jerk off on it. I mean, wow. either way. Wow. I established dominance. No. Nope. Gonna... Back up noise. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, the former city clerk on. Like, and like, Crawford's like wife thinking the same thing. No, no. I literally wasn't. <laughs> no, actually, sure like wasn't. in no fashion. You know, you know, I'll tell You're you what. Fired. I'll do You're this fired. to myself. Yeah, thank you. Play yourself off. What does that I'm mean Chris to play Hansen. us out? I, I'm Chris Hansen. There's no, there's no words there. No, there's not. nothing on. No, 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 no. Can I finish this story, please? Will you let me finish? It is 837. Um... The former city clerk and Crawford's wife took issue with what she saw. At that point, she took a swing at me and called me a name, said Cheryl Crawford. Crawford's complaint talks about Oakley doing similar things to other men. Jesus. In her resignation letter, <sighs> Oakley maintains her innocence and is looking for paths to appeal. It's hard to maintain your innocence when there were six to seven, maybe even eight witnesses to the fact that it happened, said Crawford. Yeah. So if you're going to lick somebody, the, the, I think the lesson here is if you're going to lick somebody and grab their uh, junk, don't do it when people are No, wow. that's not the lesson. <laughs> so she has 30 days to appeal the State Gosh. Commission on Ethics ruling. She has been ordered to pay $5,000. <laughs> God. What the yeah. hell is wrong with people, I, man? Like, what? I mean, seriously, that is I, I just, up. I don't get. I don't either. I don't get the mentality that people get into when they do shit like this. Yeah, like, I just. I, I, it's just never been my wheel. Like it's never been something I've. I'm not one about. of those that seeks to show dominance over people, so that's probably part of it. I just want to go and fix the espresso machine and like, leave. Like I don't want to lick people. I mean, like I've never thought about licking a manager I, or. I'm just not a. I'm not an assertive person, so I'm never going to be just licking random people no, to show dominance. No, we really are just fucking apes. We really are. Yeah. We're just apes. <laughs> apes. That's yeah. it. Um, Pretty much. Yeah, I'm never. We're, I'm we're never literally just gorillas throwing shit at one another and jerking off on trees. Yeah, like, and licking uh, each other's faces. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, apes people do, apes do that, buddy. By the way, so just I, I so you know, know. Okay. people yeah, love this aware. hilarious lovers. Of the apes. People love this hilarious. <laughs> God, can I finish, please? Yeah, God, give me the help. I've seen Planet of the Apes. I hate you guys so much. Give me the help. You finish? No, I really don't. I just want you to shut up. That's all. <laughs> God, I've seen blood. What is happening right now? I just asked you if you wanted me to help you finish. No, I know what you asked me. I ignored you. Oh my God! What? I hate this podcast so much. going the fact that we can get anybody like brian zahn to come on this podcast Who is knows? insane <laughs> thank you brian yeah seriously thank you the uh, fact that you will sully your reputation to be on this is is amazing um people love this hilarious lovers quarrel between a stand-up comedian and a fast food chain <laughs> so this guy this comedian named hunter roberts so he tweeted hunter. one day didn't uh, nah, nah. Nah. uh he says he tweets 
This is all on Twitter. So he says, you can only have Long John Silvers once every six months or you die. <laughs> today, today was my day. I'll see you again in August, old friend. Be well. God, I want Long John now. I know, right? <laughs> so then Long John's tweets at him, not anymore, with our better for you options and more to come and our new zero trans fat menu. We'll see you next week. Oh, uh, well. He responds, look. I'm not in the market for zero trans fat and a better me. I eat Long John Silver's because I love deep fried greatness. Don't you change. So they respond, LOL, we are keeping all of your delicious favorites. We just want to see you more often. <laughs> to which he replies, I wish I could see you more too. But this is like a Brokeback Mountain type situation. <laughs> we can only do this a few times annually. They said, so that's how it's going to be. We're here when you need us, but not the other way around. We see hashtag feeling used hashtag secret affairs <laughs> to which he replies. It's not like that, baby. I trust you to always be there for me. You have no idea how hard it gets. Hashtag. I wish I knew how to quit you. <laughs> that's great. So then somebody says, I feel so awkward witnessing this public breakup between Hunter stand up and Long John Silver's love is hard. And somebody put, don't worry, Long John Silvers and I will always love each other. I just need some space and time to figure it out, is what he said. That's great. So then they said, Long John Silvers' response to him, you're upsetting the children. Just come back and stop this silliness. <laughs> to which he replies, how dare you use this person against me? That's fighting dirty. Well, I never liked your parrot. So then he replied, Hunter then says, puts a picture of him up with pointing to a sign of next to Wendy's. Oh, <laughs> and he says, really, Long John Silvers? The silent treatment? Well, so they gave him the silent treatment. They stopped responding yeah. to him. He said, really? The silent treatment? Well, the girl next door at Wendy's has a great shoulder to cry on. <laughs> Wendy's responds, we'll keep the fryer warm. Drop by whenever you need us. No pressure. <laughs> That's a dude. I love like I would love it's to be so good. I would love to be a corporate Twitter like in charge of Twitter. Like I would so, love that. So then he's he takes a picture of a Long John Silver's later and he says, "Hey, so I saw you today and I was just like you know wondering like how you been lately." <laughs> to which they replied, "Good to hear from you again. You should come by and see us. We have one ninety nine fish and fries all week." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, really? And he says. God, oh, he says, God, we haven't talked in nearly six months. You just jump right back into it. And they said, it's just lunch. Stop by and we'll talk things over. <laughs> That's amazing. God, I love corporate. Like when corporate it goes Twitter on, accounts are it's hilarious amazing. Like that. I just think yeah. it's fantastic. That yeah, kind of stuff. That's why Twitter's for. is just That is what great. Twitter should be. And well, then Trump got elected. Like, it's just like, it, I, I love when a brand like that, just, it's just fun. Like, yeah. What do you they guys just, get when you go to Long John Silver's? I, I cannot tell you the last time I had Long John Silver's. Usually I'll get like a fish and chicken combo. Fish and fries. With fries oh, and with the hush, hush puppies. puppies. You got to mm. get hush puppies. Oh, yeah. my God. And malt vinegar. Gotta oh, get, uh, God, yes. Chicken. Uh, I literally puppies. will just dump malt vinegar on everything. The fries. I take the, a bite off the fish. Yes. I dump malt vinegar inside of it. <laughs> oh, my God. All the way till it drips out the bottom. Well, I, I like their barbecue. Shit, I need to go to... Their broccoli and cheese soup is really good. Go to. You, I, I will get. I will get no, the no, no, broccoli no. and we, cheese soup and dunk the uh, the chicken inside of it. Oh man! You go the there and get broccoli cheese soup and the chicken and the hush puppies. Okay, well at least you get other things. You use, the, you use the bowl of broccoli and cheese as a dip. 
Is what okay. basically well, what I, I could I could say well, Matt, Matt just, just dropped beer all over his phone. Yeah, good, good job. Good work, buddy. Hey Beth, uh, time for you to get a time for me to get a new phone. You want this one? <laughs> Man. <laughs> Here he comes. Here comes old faithful. Nope. Hold on. It's Hold that on. time. Yeah, right. <clears throat> oh, there it is. Let's oh, breathe man. in. Breathe out. All right, is that all you got? Yeah, that's all, all right. I got. Um, <laughs> uh, both mine are from the HuffPost for some fucking reason. Um, Where news comes is nope, li- a lie. Uh, these weird but wonderful gifts will d- uh, uh, in product updates. Oh, man, product updates. Um, tons of this. These are uh, wonderful gifts will definitely spice up Valentine's Day. <clears throat> uh, giant gummy python. What? Uh, a six-foot-long... Six-foot-long... Gu- oh, my gosh. Six-foot-long gummy python. Same. Like, literally. Like, it's six feet Why long. would anybody want that? I don't know. How much is that? I don't know. It is. I'm not looking it up. Uh, mobile phone teeth whitener. What? It's a teeth whitening device you hook up to your phone. Huh. Uh, Upside-down wine glass. Oh, I've seen those. Yeah. Okay. Um... That's something Stephanie Rice would probably have, probably. I'm yeah, guessing. they made a nap out of that teeth whitening. Uh, a bouquet of stuffed STI microbes. Might want to get that checked out. Hmm. Um. Oh shit! I'm gonna my beer over. Why? Yeah. Uh, so it's a. Um, yeah. Why would anybody? Want bouquets that? are a standard part of Valentine's Day, as are stuffed animals, and in some cases, so are STIs. What? The bouquet. Bro, if you're. T- you're not doing it correctly. You're not doing Valentine's the, Day no. correctly. The bouquet, <laughs> the bouquet feature uh, featuring stuffed versions of the microbes for herpes and chlamydia. Mm, well, <laughs> collect the whole set. <laughs> mm. Really uh, looking for cl- chlamydia, man. It's, um, it's the r- very rare. A marijuana flower bouquet. Huh? Okay. Uh, Jack Link's beef jerky Valentine's package. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of on board with that. Yeah, honestly. that's all right. Yeah. I like Jack Link's. Beth, if you're looking for ideas. Yeah. Um, Bob Ross underwear. Oh. <laughs> There's that. It's literally underwear with Bob we, Ross's we face a happy on happy little penis here. <laughs> well, there's our hashtag. God damn it. Um, a, we call the happy little ex. Uh, a geode dildo. What? Ew. Let me see. What? Bro, what? brings new meaning to the uh, term "rock hard," but it's 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 just a dildo shaped like a geo. But a remember, like, like the dildo. reference to being horny if you give the unicorns, uh, whatever. Anyway, yeah, just um, whatever. Move on. Uh, yeah. Definitely, if I have to choose between uh, dildo shaped like a geode and geode shaped like a dildo, I'm definitely going geode shaped like a dildo. <laughs> Wait. You're going to shove a rock up your ass? I didn't say I would shove it up my butt. I'm just saying. Where, where like, else are you going to shove it, Michael? I was just going to have it. Dildo, I would just have it on my Do you have a vulva, Michael? Don't worry about it. Do you have a vulva? I might. Who knows? Uh, THC rectal suppositories. Um, portable oxygen container. That's a thing, apparently. Jersey uh, Jersey Shore family vacation board game. <laughs> okay. I, whatever. Anyway, fuck this. Stupid article. Anyway, I mean, I didn't post it. It's so dumb. Um, <laughs> that felt like a good idea at the time. Product update. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, this one's also from the HuffPost. Man breaks lingerie store window to attack Barack Obama mannequin. Oh, God. Well, well, this is where we're at. You might a have country. a problem. If, <laughs> this, uh, is, this is where we're at. A New York man is facing charges of criminal mischief for allegedly breaking the front window of a lingerie store. First of all, what's Barack Obama mannequin doing in a lingerie store window? <laughs> That's a very good opening question. I feel like it is. <laughs> yeah. Police arrested 41-year-old rural 
Altunaga. Okay. Um, on January 26th, after a surveillance video allegedly showed him using a cinder block to smash the window of Romantic Depot, an adult store in Harlem. <laughs> Romantic Depot. <laughs> store <laughs> store, store manager. Subset of Home Depot. All aboard. Um, <clears throat> all aboard the fisting train. Uh, wow. Store manager Corinne Liu told New York station WABC, where your alphabet comes first. Home Depot, she where didn't you get know how to nails and first. screws. All we heard was Romantic glass shattering. Depot, where you get nailed and screwed. It's <laughs> good, buddy. Yep, you're you welcome. like that, didn't really you? glad we pushed through the end of that. <laughs> you're welcome. All we heard was glass shattering, so we're looking around like, what is going on? She said, at first we thought one of the mannequins fell through the window. All is they're apparently do through the window. It's trying to um, escape. All of us ran outside Get me out of here. and we didn't see anyone until we went to the window and saw a cinder block. Okay, so it wasn't a mannequin. <laughs> Astute observation. Someone threw it. So we started looking around to see who could be and then we we and then we seen a man pacing. That's then we seen a man quote. pacing. <laughs> Wait, this happened in southern Indiana, right? Then yeah, we seen uh, this apparently. guy. This, he, he was and pacing. then they went and had some espresso. Um Anyway, the surveillance video shows someone yanking the Obama mannequin out of the window and throwing it to the ground. Uh, the Trump statue was left unharmed. Apparently, there's Trump's. Why is there a fucking Trump's? Why? Oh, oh, uh, I missed this paragraph. Turns out the window that Altunaga uh, allegedly broke showcased a display with an Obama mannequin dressed as a prince and President Obama, President Trump dressed as a princess wearing a Make America Great Again hat. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, he left the scene. One of the people on our security team, a smaller guy, was able to catch him and held him for the police. Romantic Depot owner Glenn, Glenn Bazzetti, told the Daily News. What? Hold on a second. What, what was that accent? It was quasi-Italian. No, know. it really wasn't. It would have been if I had another, like four beers at this point. <laughs> Matt, like, guitar. Uh, Glenn Bazzetti. Glenn that's Bazzetti. What it, that's what it should have been. That's what it sounded like on my couch about two hours ago when I ran yeah. over it. Yeah, Matt learned uh, Italian from Luigi. Yeah, I did. It's a me and Luigi. Me. Anyway, <laughs> this guy hates Obama, apparently. He's a fucking racist. He's a Trump supporter, so those are two synonymous things. That sounds about right. Um, she, Lou, Lou told WABC she believes he is mentally ill. Well, he's a Trump well, supporter, yeah. so. Um, wow. And that he said the ma Obama mannequin, quote, was talking to him, and he didn't like a, what Obama was saying. Yikes. <laughs> wow. Bro. Yeah, you know. dude needs some Lexapro, man. Yeah, seriously, man. Like, take a Something. fucking Valium, drink a bottle of wine or some shit, man. God, man. Jeez. Anyway, whatever. God, fuck this country. <laughs> um, Michael, what do you got there? Okay, I ask. so I do have a newsfeed update. I actually have like um, a bunch of product updates. I'm not going to do them all today, but thank uh, God this one is timely. Uh, Olive Garden breadsticks bouquets. Oh, dang. Uh, for God, I love those breadsticks. Dude, I so know. good. I don't care what anybody says. Olive Garden is delicious. I know. My wife loves Olive I Garden. I know it's loves trash Italian it. food. I know it's not, quote, real. I don't care. I could eat a just a freaking John boat full of the, Al Alfredo, fettuccine the, Alfredo. The, the, the so just. Gnocchi soup. Oh, man. I don't care. I, I mean, I know what it is. I go. I don't go to Olive Garden because I want to feel like I'm in Tuscany. Okay, I get it. It's they got rid of their, they got rid of their bruschetta. I'm like, what? The it's fuck? so that place is delicious. So don't even at me. All right, go yeah. ahead. Keep, anyway, keep Olive reading. Garden uh, breadstick bouquet for your your significant other. If you'd like to, Beth. I know what you're getting from. 
<laughs> Roses are red, violets are blue. Here's a bouquet of breadsticks I made for you. Hmm. So, that's right. My love for Did you. You make that up on, on your own? No, that's not so we're, uh, we're mad about my duck joke, but that's fine. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. I wouldn't really call that a joke. Yeah, it was more of a. It was a joke on the internet, so. Mm. Just read your goddamn story, Michael. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Whatever. I just want to go to bed. I really just want to go to bed right now. <laughs> just going to let him go a little bit longer. Uh, Florida woman. We've already um, had one of these. This yeah, is another Florida, two Florida woman. woman. Um, she was arrested in Polk. Um, she has, last week we talked about unfortunate names. Her name is Crystal Metheny. Come on. It's Metheny, Metheny right? <laughs> yeah. It's got to be Metheny. But still, Metheny. still, Crystal you've got Metheny. to know what you're doing when you name your child. Crystal Metheny. Uh, her husband, Rod Stuffing. Uh, <clears throat> you know, she was destined for greatness with that name. <laughs> um, especially Is Pat Metheny's daughter? Yeah. Um, I like his guitar work. Pretty good. I've got a couple of his albums. So she was arrested. Uh, her alleged crime, however, I can't believe we have a patent was not drug related. <laughs> Jesus, that's that's way down the that's list. That's pretty down the. Pretty yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and it's right up there with uh, 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 Mookie Blaylock. <laughs> it is. We've had Mookie Blaylock references. twice, like yeah, twice. Them, yeah. yeah. Uh, Metheny was arrested. It's Metheny. No, I'm I'm doubling down <laughs> it's on Metheny. Definitely not yeah, Metheny. Yep. If you name your oh, daughter Crystal God, Meth. God, your inability to read. Is no, I can. I can. Brad, <laughs> it's intentional that I'm saying Methany. It's been Get intentional it. for 150 some episodes. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Get used to it. Um, I'm working on Twitter. Is this 156? Oh, um, are you fucking kidding me right <laughs> now? Will you pay attention for like 10 minutes? God damn it, Brad! It's like we're, nine o'clock. We're in the middle of the fucking podcast, and Brad, it's already like closing Jesus. up shop. I'm, I am not going to continue until you stop typing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I, just, your- I tell you what, I'm just going to play a song until you get done. Let me know when you're done. I'll stop playing the song. All right? I'm done. God. <laughs> Anyway, Metheny uh, was arrested May 5th. (laughs) I wonder why I stopped paying attention. Will you stop typing? God damn it. I'm doing something. What are you doing? Nothing. Let's talk about it. No, you're good. I'm talking. I'm I'm listening. Metheny. Crystal Metheny. I'm just going to shut down next week whenever you do your news feed. I'm just going to close my computer, check my phone. All right, I've got the mentions up. Jesus so. Christ. <laughs> I'm seriously not going to continue. All right, I'm done. I'm literally so done. You're not saving any time. I'm literally done. God damn it. Anyway, Metheny was arrested May 5th on a charge of shooting an offensive missile into a, into a vehicle. Wait, offensive missile is a thing? Offensive missile into a vehicle. So so a turd. Oh, I have no idea what kind of... What does it doesn't that even, even say? Offensive, offensive. Like she... Is this a literal missile? 
She shot something in there. As opposed to a defensive missile. What is what is that? It doesn't give any details. No, this is from the Orlando Sentinel. Surely, so. surely someone like slung shot, slingshotted. What is an offensive missile? A pile of missile? shit. I don't know. I have no idea. Thanks this for is... bringing the story of the mic. I appreciate <laughs> well, that. Well, the There's crystal meth fucking was no the details. Crystal like... methany was the was the <laughs> was the headline there, guys. We God have to go headlines. I just want to go to bed. I don't even want to do this anymore. I, I don't want. To, I don't, we're not even going to make it to the third. This is our last podcast. This is our last. I don't even want to do this anymore. I'm done. I, I just. I don't want to do this. Uh, Someone shooting gosh. unidentified missiles into cars. We don't even know what the fuck it They're was. They're offensive. Whatever it was, probably a dildo. I would imagine. Hmm. It's either a dildo or a piece of shit. An offensive missile. What does that even mean? I don't know, man. God damn it. I can't possibly think of what that is. I can't means. either. My brain just won't we even go some, there. We have some turds in, in Orlando. If you know anything about the story, let us know. If it was on the news or something, let us know what the offense What is an offensive? Was. <laughs> in what way was it offensive? That's what we want to know. I, I read it as like offense. Like, right. Like Instead of like defense. if somebody threw something in her and she shot it out of the air with a missile, that would be a defensive missile, right? Yeah. I'm like, guessing somebody named Crystal Meth- Meth- uh, Methany, or Methany, <laughs> as Michael Methany. says, doesn't have anything remotely, doesn't have the uh, acumen to knock something out of the air, would be my guess. <laughs> I don't know. God. Mike, just move your yeah. next story. Your next, right. And do your 12 other ones after that. <laughs> um, so a university is currently hunting uh, a mom, um, prowling the campus, looking for a date for her son. I heard about this on the radio today. Yeah. Dude, this is the worst mother in history. Oh, my God. Towson. Yes. Uni- Towson. 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 Yeah. Uh, University Police Department is investigating at least three incidents where she students... Bangs! She bangs! Yeah, I don't think... Yeah. Students said he they were approached by a, by a woman asking them if they were interested in dating her son. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, that's... <laughs> She may or may that's, not be itching to be a grandmother. Pretty thing. sure that's the definition of a helicopter parent. That it? dude has Did, 150 gigabytes of porn on yes. his computer in his parents' basement. How mortified dude. must he be? They haven't found her. They I have would, no idea whose mom. Is, I would literally, I would, yes, I would be changing my name. <laughs> anything. Well, they don't know her name. They have no idea. Giggity giggity. Yeah. Giggity goo. So, like, mom, you've got to leave town. This is not like what does she think is going to happen here? I mean, like, who are you going to go up to and go? Would you date my son? And without you knowing who what's this, her, what's her end game? I know, that's what like, I mean. Like without she's a wingman, man. Without knowing who this son no, is, like you're going to be is when you're with somebody at a fucking bar. Like it's not this. She's a poacher. <laughs> she's poaching. For I just, I, I mean, I, mother, yeah. mother poacher. What is she? <laughs> what is she? Poacher. What does she actually think is going to happen here? I mean, I can't imagine. I don't know. To somebody, I don't know. Would you date my son? Who, I'm not going to tell you who he is. And somebody's just going to go, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll do that. The The level I, of insanity in this country insane. right now. It's insane. It's, I, 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 I don't know what people's. Where's Towson? That has to be in Florida, right? No, it's Maryland. Oh, okay. That's just North Florida. She's <laughs> North Florida. Um, she's drunk on crab cakes. Yeah, they're, they're not going to like. I, I wish I was. I want to be drunk know, on man, crab for real. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'll ask if you give me crab cakes. I'll ask yes. out people for your son. I mean, <laughs> for real. So they're they're not trying to like arrest her or anything. They just want her to stop. 
That's that's please pretty, please stop. Whatever you do, stop doing. They have pictures of her online. Uh, and <laughs> please stop. Her, whatever it is, you're her doing. son. I get. You guarantee he is you. Mortified. No, yes. no, 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 no. He lives in an apartment by himself. He has posters of Yasmin Bleeth. I Bleef. had snooze. Yeah. Yasmin Bleeth? He has Do pictures of Yasmin yeah. Kelly Kapowski. He probably doesn't have pictures of Yasmin. He has. No, he's in college, man. He Matt. has Ariana now. Grande. Not okay. He has pictures of Ariana Grande. Well, I think you just heard a description of what Matt And, and Cardi, Cardi B. Yasmin like, Bleeth. Yasmin Bleeth. Whatever I, this dude is a lonely, lonely no, he's, person. No, he's probably just a regular guy. No, he's apartment. not. No, no, he's not. Why, no, no. Why, no. Are you, why are you making a judgment based yeah, on him? I, I was actually mom. thinking he was just a normal college guy yeah, that's having trouble, totally think a and his mom guy. is like, "Oh, I'd love to have a grandchild because she's a fucking lunatic." He's probably playing video games and some. <laughs> don't don't exactly. Don't, no. don't put. Storm with don't don't put dormant. this on the sun. He has no responsibility this in this whatsoever. <laughs> no, don't put this on the sun. This is totally on her. She's a this is a psycho mom. mom. That's fair. Psycho yeah. mom. Psycho. But if he if he is does happen to be listening and he'd like us to mail him a a poster of Yasmin Bleed. <laughs> um, <laughs> we see if that's a thing. On Amazon. You, Hold on. We see if that's we'll, a thing on Amazon. We'll send it out to you. Guess we'll send one of 1970s Farrah Fawcett too. I guess yeah. the red. While well, we're really going back, yeah. jeez. Oh, there's man. a big. Oh my is god! Is there a Yasmin? There's Blake? a picture of her mugshot. No, let me see, bro. That's what is that? What year is that from, dude? Wow. <laughs> is it signed? Can you get it signed? It's yours for 18.99. Free shipping. What? What year is that picture? I don't know. Boy, if that's recent, she has hit the skids, man. Whoa. If you ever wondered what one-hour photoshops do, it's they print eight by eleven uh, photos of Yasmin Belith's mugshot. They ship them out to you for twenty bucks on Amazon. Come back to the dark room. It's where the magic happens. All right. Well, let's let's go. <laughs> now transitioning to an actual Christian. Yeah. Let's talk about Brian Zond. <laughs> All right. Uh, Brian Zond is the founder and lead pastor of Word of Life Church, a non-denominational Christian congregation in St. Joseph, Missouri. Brian and his wife, Perry, founded their church uh, in 1981. Brian is also the author of several books, including Center of the Hands of a Loving God, Water to Wine, A Farewell to Mars, Beauty Will Save the World, and Unconditional, A Call of Jesus uh, to Radical Forgiveness. The Call of Jesus to Radical Forgiveness. Brian is here to talk about his latest book, Postcards from Babylon. Get it. The get Church it, man. Get in it. American Exile. Holy crap, it's good. Yep. So, it's, it's fantastic. Highly recommended. Yep. So here's our discussion with Brian Zond. Further up, further up, further in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Brian Zahn, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be back. I've been with you at least once. Uh, this twice. is your third time. Third time. See, I said at least. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you were You were correct. <laughs> third we're time's gl- a charm. Yeah, we're really glad to have you back. We really do enjoy talking to you. Well, thank you. Uh, so you wrote another book. I did. Um, 
I feel like so we read it and I read it in like two days. Like it just, I couldn't put it down. It was, it was, it was so unbelievably good. I feel like this book feels like you woke up one morning and said, "I've got some stuff I've got to get off my chest," and you just yeah. started writing. That's kind of what well, it felt like to me. A, there is an urgency to this book that's different than the other six I've written. Uh, all of the books I've written have come from a place of passion and deep conviction, but this one had a time element to it mm-hmm. in that this is something I need to say now at this present time in what I would describe as a crisis of fidelity for much of the American church. And so, yeah, it's it's a time-sensitive book, if you will. Right, sure. So, I mean, was there... Was there one specific event? I probably can guess what the event was. Uh, was there one specific event that, like, you just were like, okay, because I know when we talked to you about um, your last book, Centers in the Hands of a Loving God, yeah. you were already working on this. If I recall, I follow you on Instagram. I'm pretty sure you were posting stuff already. You were at least doing research. He um, mentioned it in his last interview. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Um, so I feel like there was there a specific catalyst for this? Was there a uh, um, a light bulb moment? Where you're like, okay, this has to happen like right now. Well, I mean, I do t- I do tell in the I think it's the last chapter of the book. Uh, I talk about I mean the things that were troubling me had been ongoing for a very long time, and that is the rise of religious nationalism among American Christians. That's been going on for a very long time, and I've been increasingly troubled with it. But as far as the idea that, no, I really have to say something in the form of a book, that happened, um, I think I may even say when it was, off the top of my head, I don't remember, but I was on one of my uh, many spiritual retreats at a Benedictine monastery, Conception mm-hmm. Abbey in northwest Missouri, out in the middle of nowhere. It's about 45 minutes from where I live. And um, it, it was it was a prayer retreat just by myself. I didn't take any books other than I was reading a few little devotions by Henry Nouwen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really a time of prayer. And, and this monastery has a trail. It's about a two-mile trail that encircles the monastery grounds and I was walking that two or three times in the afternoon in prayer. And it was the last day I was there, and it was my last circuit of walking that. And I just was, I was burdened about, again, as I describe it in this interview, the crisis of fidelity that I was right. observing among American Christians. And I thought, well, what, what do I do? And then I, I just, this thing kind of bubbled up in me. I need to write some postcards from Babylon. And so right there where I got the title and the, yeah, that was the impetus. That was the moment. Didn't even bother with working title. You just went straight, just went straight for it. The, the uh, subtitle took a long time. Now I had, I had a clicky subtitle for a long time that I kind of knew would never be the subtitle because it just was too clunky, but it was, and this kind of, I don't know, this kind of lets you know where I'm coming from. Right. What lurked in the background for a long time, this is a bad one, but I didn't use it, um, making Christianity countercultural again. Right. <laughs> that theme is throughout the book. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't work as a subtitle. I, I infinitely prefer the church in American exile. I li- yeah, that's, that's that's a lot better. The other one's fine. That one's, that one's much better. Yeah. Um, 
before we get dive into the book, I had thought about this today. As a you're a pastor of a church, you're yes. also an author. Do you, when you, especially with this book, did you find yourself writing with the needs of your own church in mind, or did you look at the needs of a larger culture, or was it a little bit of a mix of both? Hmm. I don't think. I started to say I don't think I make too much of a distinction between the two, although I would say in this book, when I'm when I'm at my most pointed about certain troubling things that I witnessed mm-hmm. in the American church, I'm probably speaking more to a wider audience okay. than to my own congregation, probably. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so with the book, what? let's just... The most basic question is, what does Babylon stand for in the book? Well, you know, Babylon is this enormous concept in the Bible that is, you know, anybody that just casually reads the Bible will figure out Babylon means something, and it seems that it's kind of important. Babylon would be empire in rebellion to God. But there I've used the word empire. And I don't want to be just cavalier with that. So I want to be specific. We'll, we'll come back to Babylon in a moment. Okay. Let, okay. Me, let me give a definition of empire. This is what, when I use the word empire, this is what I mean. Empires are rich, powerful nations that believe they have a divine right to rule other nations and a manifest destiny to shape history according to their agenda. That's empire. Most uh, frequently represented by Babylon, either literally or metaphorically in the pages of Scripture. God loves nations, right? their diversity, their ethnicity, language, culture, all of that. Again, I'm, I'm working from what I see in Scripture. God delights in that. Uh, God is not looking for a, uh, a totalism that, that turns the whole world into some kind of suburbia where everything looks the same. Right. Um, But God is opposed to empire because what empires claim for themselves, divine right to rule other nations, manifest destiny to shape history, that's the very thing that God promises to his son, right? Right. So so empires set themselves up to be a rival to the sovereignty of God, and this is not an obscure theme in Scripture. This is what amazes me that this is a clear, pronounced theme. You find it in Genesis, especially in Exodus. shows up in a strong way in many of the prophets, Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah, Daniel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you get into the Gospels, and it's a theme there. Uh, And then maybe most—it's in the book of Acts very clearly. And then probably the book that deals with it most directly is the book of Revelation. And yet it's astounding to me how many American Christians don't see that because we've learned to screen it out. We, we've learned we've been we've been formed in a way of reading the Bible that screens that out. Everything's individualized, privatized, and we don't see that the Bible maintains the sustained critique of empire. So Babylon is the default metaphor within Scripture for that, whether it's literally Babylon, the experience that the Jewish people had there during exile, or, for example, when in 1 Peter, 
the book opens up. It's addressed to uh, the exiles uh, living in, a, he names several of the provinces in the eastern part of the Roman Empire. These were not literal exiles. They were people who, through their baptism, having become Christian, were suddenly forced to live, in a sense, as expatriates in the nation of their birth. Their baptism had made them a spiritual exile. And then at the end of the book, uh, Peter writes cryptically, she who is in Babylon greets you. Well, Peter wasn't in Babylon, he was in Rome. But it's, it's, it's his way of saying that, Bab- that Rome, as the current reigning superpower or empire, uh, is like Babylon as critiqued by the prophets and apostles in Scripture. And so um, to jump right into it, what I'm saying is Christians, especially within America, need to recognize that America is a kind of biblical Babylon, not a kind of biblical Israel. Mm -hmm. I don't mean that as just a cheap pejorative. I mean that as a sober analysis. Um, Most... Most nations that, it, that reach the status of what we would today call superpower uh, in the West have had a time of um, being – the church within those host nations have been seduced into thinking that somehow their nation was an apparatus of God's will on the earth when in fact it was nothing more than the latest in a long line of Babylons. So, you know – Rome did it, Byzantium did it, Russia did it, Germany did it in the 1930s, England spent a long time doing that, Spain, Portugal, etc. It's just that, okay, now the American church is making this same mistake again of thinking that God's purposes are somehow tangled up and, and nearly one and the same with an American nationalized agenda. And so I don't even remember what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just, I think the generic question was what does Babylon stand for? And I think you've yeah you've definitely hit that. Let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah. So postcards from Babylon. I am a Christian living as an exile within the nation of my birth, made an exile by my baptism. The nation of my birth is a contemporary modern-day Babylon. It's not a contemporary modern-day Israel. And this is the problem that Americans make. They think, okay, we're kind of like Israel, and this is kind of like our Canaan land, and we came over here and, and we had divine mandate to cleanse the land of the Canaanites, I mean the Native Americans. And so it's a way we, we try to cover up our sins, uh, that God has been with us in manifest destiny and all of that. Um, and, I, and I'm trying to alert my fellow believers in Jesus Christ to the fact that, no, we're not living in a biblical Israel. We're living in a biblical Babylon. Uh, this is where I'm situated. I'm sending you some postcards from from the land of my exile. So this kind of goes along with that. Br- talk- Brad's here. Oh, hi. Hi, Brian. <laughs> Hello. Basketball game is over. I'm here. Um <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about one of the things that I love that you you I wouldn't say you touch on it. You just completely smash everybody over the head with it in the book is Christianity as being inherently unpatriotic, because that definitely flies in the face of what we've been taught. Well, let's see now. Um, 
the early church, and by early church, I mean, I have a date for that. That is from Pentecost to Constantine, yep. from, you know, roughly A.D. 30 to 312. That, that's early church. That's sure. before Constantine, which is significant because yes. after Constantine it changes. Uh, Christians, as we know, were periodically persecuted. Um, beginning with Nero and then off and on all the way up until Diocletian. So they had almost 300 years of at least sporadic and sometimes very intense persecution. Why were they persecuted? The early Christians were not persecuted for what we would call their religion. Right. Uh, the Roman Empire was remarkably tolerant of religions. It understood that in this world, this polyreligious world in which the empire stretched from, you know, from Britain to to you know, the eastern provinces there into Palestine and a little further east, that they needed to be tolerant of religion. What they were not tolerant was rival political claims. Mm -hmm. And because the, because the early Christians were conspicuously absent at the festivals, which were patriotic displays venerating the gods of Rome, uh, this, is, this is why the Christians were so often under suspicion. Uh, the Christians were called unpatriotic, and, they were, and interestingly, they were called atheists because they didn't believe in the gods of Rome. And so, uh, but, but, but if you ask me, and I address this in the book, if you ask me, can a Christian be patriotic? It depends on what you mean. Yeah. Right. If by patriotism you mean pride of place that tends towards responsible citizenship, then I say yes, certainly good thing. I think that's a healthy thing. Um, but if by patriotism we mean that I'm going to prioritize my national agenda at the expense of other nations' well-being and human flourishing, that's simply unacceptable to for, for a person that says they're going to follow Jesus Christ. So by what we mean, by what by what I assume, I don't, I don't want to say assume, by what I'm convinced lurks behind the mantra, make America great again, <laughs> is something that is untenable for a person that's going to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's a patriotism that ends up making their Christianity subordinate. And one of the things I set forth in the book, and I think it's very compelling, is this moment of unintended truth-telling that occurs on church lawns 24-7 all across America, where for whatever reason you have certain churches that just like flags. You know, they want to have <laughs> And so, so they're going to have some flags. They're going to have an American flag, you know, because, you know, God forbid we forget we're in America. And <laughs> so we got to have an American flag, and then they'll have a Christian flag. Now, pause. First of all, I don't like <laughs> <laughs> not historic Christian iconography. It is obviously a conflation of American symbols and Christian symbols. But let's set that aside. Sure. Let's say let's just let's take it in, in good faith. Let's take it at face value. Let's say the Christian flag is nothing more than a representation of Christian faith. All right. So you have a church, and they say, well, you know, uh, we're Christian, so we got our flag, and we're American, so we got our flag. But you know, budget's tight. We only got one flagpole. Uh, 
how we're going to arrange the flags. Well, without any help, without, without any hesitation, it's always, always, always the American flag yep. on top of the Christian flag. What are they saying? Yeah, exactly. What is the message there? What they are saying is, well, yes, uh, I believe in Jesus and I'm a Christian and all of that. But that is subordinate to my allegiance to the nation of America. Now, if I say that to some congregation that has this arrangement of flags on their front lawn, I'm sure they're going to push back and they're going to say, oh, well, that's not what that means. I said, well, then what does it mean? I mean, what can it mean? And if you say it doesn't really matter, then I say just reverse the flags yep. and see what happens. Yep. Mm -hmm. Just see what happens. I mean, yep. you'll make the news. I mean, it'll be <laughs> so. And, or, and I have talked to people about this and they've said to me, well, you know, it's illegal. To which I say, one, <laughs> it's not. Two, so what if it was? <laughs> So what if it was, you know, are, are you still going to say, well, you know, I would put Jesus first, but it's against the law, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that, that I can tell this in a way that's kind of funny and even we kind of chuckle and we laugh, but what lurks behind that? Yeah. yeah. I, I think that is, that is a, an eruption of the real. That is a moment where more is being said than they really wanted to come right out and yep. say. But it's indicative of what lurks just below the surface of Christian nationalism. That, in fact, when we say Jesus is Lord, what we're really meaning is Jesus is my spiritual Lord, mm. whatever that is. You yeah, know, we're not yep. quite sure what that is. Say every uh, denomination this disagrees. Is my spiritual yeah. Lord. Yeah. Um, let's go back to Constantine. So in the year 312, there's a civil war. There's a battle, the battle for the Milvian Bridge. Um, there are two generals that are competing to become the next uh, emperor of Rome. Um, who is it? It's it's Constantine, and is it Maximanius or Max, Max, Maximilian or Max? Let's say it was Max. Let's go with Max. That sounds right. How about Maximus, the dude from the Gladiator movie? Constantine and Max have this battle. And on the eve of the battle, Constantine says, this is how he reports it, he says, he saw the Christian sign in the heavens, in the sky, presumably a cross. He doesn't actually say, with the words, in this sign, you shall conquer. Of course, conquer is a euphemism for kill. In this sign, you shall conquer, or meaning kill. And so Constantine has this Christian symbol, again, we assume the cross, placed on the shields and the weapons of war of his army, and they prevail in the Battle of Milvian Bridge, and Constantine becomes um, becomes the emperor. He stops persecution, and then within two years, there's the Edict of Milan, essentially making Christianity the state religion. It's mm -hmm. the favorite religion, and then in short order, becomes the official state religion. Uh, well, that creates a problem, because for 300 years, the church has been saying Jesus is Lord. And Lord at this time, see, Lord was an imperial title granted mm -hmm. to Caesar by the Senate, along with other titles like Son of God, Savior of the World, Prince of Peace, King of Kings. These were imperial titles granted by the Senate to the emperor that was on the coins of the day, which was the means of mass communication. Yep. So when Jesus, so when early Christians made their seminal confession, Jesus is Lord, 
Well, by implication, they're saying, and Caesar is not. That's what got them in trouble. Yep, yep. They were viewed as politically subversive. Um, they weren't in trouble for saying Jesus died for our sins so that we go to heaven when we die. The Roman Empire would say, we don't care you, where you go when you die. You can go anywhere you like when you die. <laughs> but while you're here, you're going to confess that Caesar is Lord. And the Christian says, yeah, no can do. Uh, Jesus actually is the ruling emperor of the nations exalted to the right hand of God. And that's what got them thrown into the arena. Then all of a sudden, though, you have the phenomenon of a pseudo-Christian emperor. I say pseudo because even Constantine, I think, was aware that he couldn't really live as a follower of Jesus, that is, be a Christian, and reign as a emperor simultaneously, which is why he delayed his baptism for 25 years until he was nearing death, which I think what is being said there is he couldn't really be a Christian until he was dead. <laughs> Couldn't be a Christian while he was alive, but when he was dead, he wanted to be a Christian. Um, and, and the church went along with this, and I don't really blame them. I think it was a mistake. I'm certain it was a mistake. I think history has shown it to be a terrible mistake, even a disaster, but it also may have been inevitable. They simply may not have had what it takes to avoid that kind of mistake. Right. But 17 centuries later, we have— we can learn from history, and we can say, okay, this doesn't work. So what happened when when we have a Christian emperor, well, then what is Jesus? I mean, we can say he's Lord, but he can't really be Lord like the early Christians meant it. Uh, so Jesus gets demoted, essentially. He can't just get rid of Jesus, you know, but <laughs> he gets demoted to Secretary of Afterlife Affairs, and his job <laughs> is to get us into heaven when we die. But in the meantime, we're going to run the world through Caesar and unspool that all the way down to the 21st century America. And you have millions of Christians in this nation that are convinced that uh, Jesus' primary tax really is to get us into heaven when we die. But if we're going to change the world, we have to do it through the apparatus of political power. And that, and we, and we are lusting after Caesar's sword, and we end up convinced that God is raising up uh, presidents and all of that nonsense. What God has raised up is Jesus Christ from the dead and exalted Him to His right hand. And so, in, in our present madness, we hear things among, at least among the Charismatics, um, you know, this this Cyrus prophecy or something like that. That oh. that. Trump is is the is a Cyrus, you know, raised up. Cyrus being okay, so yeah, he's a pagan king, but he's serving God's purposes. And I want to say, do you not have a New Testament? Do you not have a New Testament? Okay, so, so however we might interpret how God works sovereign purposes through pagan kings before the incarnation and resurrection, that has no bearing on those that are reading books like Ephesians and Colossians and confessing that all preeminence now is granted to Christ and that God's purposes are being accomplished through Christ and his church, not through billionaire reality TV store playboy tycoon <laughs> Cyruses. <laughs> Born again Cyrus, though. Right? <laughs> what, so, how do we feel about Billy Ray? That sort of <laughs> Chapter nine, but I take my time with it. He's 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 closer to Billy Ray Cyrus than he is the uh, Persian <laughs> King Cyrus, I think. Um, 
You know, I, I was just thinking of something as you mentioned. It's funny that you brought up the flag thing about how the you know the going back to we talked about the flag being above the the American flag being above the Christian flag because it brought back to my mind as a child in children's church mm-hmm. we did the three pledges of allegiance. The first one was to America. Mm-hmm. The second one was to the Christian flag, and the third, third was, was to the flag. Bible. And yeah. it wasn't until you mentioned that that I went, "Oh yeah, that." Uh, that's, that's probably not the right order. Um, you know, exactly. it's just amazing. You get inundated with that as a kid so much that you, it, I mean, it just, it's just, it becomes so natural. You don't even know that it's wrong. I mean, it right. just, you know what I mean? Like, it's so subtle and, uh, man, like like I said, it just took until now. And I, I got rid of the American Jesus years ago, but... At the same time, it just it just brought up to my mind when you said that. I thought, holy I crap. I tell a story in the book where I was invited to a Christian high school Yeah, speak on the National Day of Prayer. Now, as, as our listeners might suppose, I'm not a huge fan of the National Day of Prayer. <laughs> <laughs> it's tendency to turn into the Day of Nationalistic Prayer. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, because of where it sits in the calendar— it uh, occasionally the national day of prayer which is always a thursday it's in wherever it is i can't it's like in may or whatever it is but because of the movable feast of easter and then finding the the day the ascension day which is always on a thursday sometimes ascension day and the national day of prayer coincide or on the same day well in these you know uh, religious right churches, I can tell you which one trumps the other. Uh-huh. Uh, see, Ascension Day is the day that Christians celebrate Jesus Christ being exalted to the right hand of the Father to rule the nations. Okay, In one sense, you could think of it as the global day of prayer, uh, but that is easily overcome by the national day of prayer. Yep. But anyway, so I was invited to speak at this, and, and I— because people know I teach on prayer, and they wanted me to come and say some things about prayer at this high school on the National Day of Prayer. Okay, let's have Brian's on. He does prayer stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what, what could go wrong? He's into and, the dark arts I, of prayer. I didn't really want to do it, but it was one of those situations where it was easier for me to agree right, than to try right. to wiggle out of it. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll come do it. So we show up. I mean, I'm there, and I've got an, a faculty member assigned to host me, and they're having this assembly in the gymnasium. and. They're going to do two things at the beginning of this assembly. They're going to say the Pledge of Allegiance, followed by the Lord's Prayer. All right. Well, the Pledge of Allegiance comes off without a hitch. Every student knows it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> complete with hand over heart liturgical gesture, because that's what that is. Uh, and then they went to do the Lord's Prayer, but it just it was a complete disaster. They didn't know it. And so they had to figure out what to do. And so they sent a kid out with a Bible, you know, and they, 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 I think it's, you know, I'm saying it's in Matthew six. Okay. And so, <laughs> and they do it and repeat after me, except in Matthew six, you know, the verse starts with, and Jesus said, and so he, he starts it. And Jesus said, and then he, <laughs> Hey, when you pray, say our father who back in it. And it was, it was embarrassing. I turned to the faculty member assigned to host me. I said, you know, it's not that this Christian school doesn't believe in liturgy. You just don't believe in Christian liturgy. You got your American liturgy down just fine. 
And I mean, that was a harsh thing for me to say. And yet the faculty member really couldn't do anything but sheepishly agree. And so that's a, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a little postcard from Babylon for you. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. I mean, this, this is a Christian school. This is an on fire right, for yes. Jesus, Protestant Christian. We're, we're, you know, not going to be raised by the secular humanists, you know, and you don't even know the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speaking of Lord's Prayer, let's talk about the death of Christendom. Um, you talk about that in the book, and I almost, I, if I could have driven to St. Joseph and hugged you, I would have. Uh, <laughs> that was a long drive just for a hug. So, yeah. uh, But that phrase really stuck with me. So do you, um, and I'll use the term living church here, do you foresee the living church becoming more decentralized and sort of existing on the margins of the, you know, sort of of the remains of Christendom? Or well, you know, basically living in self-imposed exile, I guess. Well, let's let's talk about Christendom for a moment, and okay. I'll try to address that. By Christendom, we mean the conflation of nation and church mm-hmm. that begins with Constantine, and it reaches its ultimate demise in the two world wars in Europe in the 20th century, when in the name of national allegiance, millions and millions of Christians were killing one another. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when I talk about the idea that the waging of war may be uh, ethic, ethically problematic for a follower of Jesus, someone will always raise the issue of Hitler— and I say, okay, we can have that discussion. Now, what are you going to do about Hitler? But I said, look, you can't just drag me into the middle of that conversation. I first get to ask what had gone so wrong that in the most theologically sophisticated Protestant nation in the world, Germany of the 1930s, um, a despot, a madman, was able to wage his blitzkrieg with baptized soldiers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, let's let's keep that in mind. So, so the ultimate failure of Christendom was it was unable to prevent millions and millions of Christians killing one another in the name of national allegiance. In the wake of that, uh, you have a severely, severely chastened church in Western Europe that has lost much of its credibility. So. I'm speaking in Europe, in Western Europe, a lot these days, uh, for whatever reason. That seems to be happening a lot, so I'm there. And, of course, the church exists. You know, I mean, it exists both in its historic form as Catholic or Anglican or, or whatever, but also, um, um, you know, young, vibrant, maybe non-denominational or belonging to new small denominations, you know, expressions of the church. Those are there. You can find them, but they are— they are little pockets mm-hmm. of the kingdom of Jesus in a vast sea of secularism. That will also be the fate of North America. We don't quite see yep. it yet because, um, because America is still the empire, and the de facto state religion of the American empire is a version of evangelical Christianity that makes it look like it's more healthy and alive than it really is. Yes. But when when that comes to an end, and it will within a generation or two, because it's being sustained by people whose next stop is the graveyard, (laughs) (laughs) 
And, and so we too are going to go through that chastening. And what do I think? Because I'm 59 years old and I have um, seven grandchildren, eight and under. And so, so, you know, eight years ago I had no grandchildren and now I have seven. It was so Christmas, Christmas is busy. <laughs> but, and, and they, they live, you know, my two oldest sons, I have a third son that's not yet married, but my two oldest sons between them have um, seven children. They live across the street from each other and five minutes from us. So I see them constantly. They're in my life. You know, I see them and they, they provide for me, uh, the pole star, the North star, the guiding star of what I want to do. I'm thinking, okay, what do I need to do to help make Christianity possible for Jude? That's my oldest grandson. When he is, he's, he's, he's eight years old now. Okay. Uh, 20 years from when he's 28, I, I want him to be living in a real expression of Christian faith. But what do I do? How, what, how is that going to be possible? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, if Jude is living as a confessed follower of Jesus 20 years from now, he will be doing so in a way that is probably radically counterculture. Uh, he will he will belong to a faith that that had a very public presence in a certain iteration a few decades earlier, but now is greatly reduced. Yes. So, and I think I think it's necessary in one sense. It'll be very good for the church. I mean, it won't be pleasant. Uh, it'll feel like loss. It'll feel like death. But I think it's necessary. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I, I agree. I've I've said since you know the whole Trump debacle and mm-hmm. well that continues but it started in well I guess 2015 but you know I I felt like I felt then and I still feel that the evangelical church kind of signed its death warrant yeah. in a way yeah. um yeah. and I'm not sure and I'm not I'm not going to say I'm not sure I'm positive that that's not a bad thing for the church as a right. whole um because I I really do feel like younger generations, you know, I've got three kids. Um, they see through it. I mean, my yeah. oldest is 12 and he even sees through, I mean, they, you know what right. I mean? Like they, they, they look at that and they, what, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Like this guy's just speaking well, nonsense. You know what I mean? Like there is a, a sense in which Christian, well, let me say it this way. There is a sense in which Donald Trump is the judgment of God. Yep. I agree. <laughs> On evangelicals. Yep. Uh, I don't. I don't mean it in a retributive way. I just mean it in a consequential way. Yes. That that suddenly the truth is being told. You told us because I'm old enough. I mean, I remember the entire rise of the religious right. I mean, I lived through that. Mm-hmm. I remember. It really began around 1980. It began really with you. You had the Christian presidency of Jimmy Carter, which was an unpopular presidency because of the economy and other things like that. Yeah. And now you have, you know, it's morning in America and you have a uh, very, you know, anti-communist Ronald Reagan and you have the moral majority coming along. And then on, and then right after that, you have the Christian coalition, yep. you know, uh, founded and led by two televangelists. Um, and they told us, you know, uh, the character counts. They told us that, you know, it's family values. Yeah. And 
they told us that 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 there are people that care about morality. And now look what's happened. Yep. And it's it's a it's a shaming of that whole movement. Yeah. The truth is being told. They're they're being stripped naked. Uh, I, I think I think of the line and it's all right, Mom, only bleeding by Bob. <laughs> <Dick>. <laughs> yeah. That line. Uh, even the, sometimes even the president of the United States must have to stand naked. Yep. <laughs> and it's, it's just it's like, oh, I see. This was always all about proximity to political power. Yep. It was always more like Caiaphas saying we have no king but Caesar. It really was. It, it was sold on family values and character counts and public morality. But it was really all about political power. Yep. And yeah, a twelve-year-old can see through that pretty easy. Yeah, well, and it's, I, it, it, what's interesting to me, and what it, what I've noticed is, and this is what I think a lot of, especially the 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 right, so to speak, has tried to distance themselves quietly from this, but they can't. Is that Trump seems to be, he's the dummy that just says everything out loud that they've been thinking forever anyway. Yeah. Like, like you said, there's definitely that he's just, he's just naked. Like he just bears it all. Like everything that they've wanted, they've tried to keep hidden for 40 years. He just comes out and blurts it out, just vomits it all over. You know, there it is. And, and, and 81% of the people apparently like it. Yes. And, and what that has done is that now he, he has, he's, he said exactly what evangelicals have thought for 40 years too. And they can't they're not hiding behind that anymore in the resulting the result of that has been just people leaving the church in droves i mean we know just tons of people yeah. that, we are well, I mean, well but we weren't yeah but i mean yes in in some ways for sure but i know i mean we know a lot of people in our kind of our our group that they were going to church up until that election and they have not been back since and will not go back uh, i hear this story constantly yeah. Uh, I think at one point in the book I talk about uh, um, white American evangelicalism being a failed experiment. Yep. And I say that in the context of a 2014 uh, Gallup poll that showed that I, – I, I have the book here, but I can't seem to find uh, – what was the number? Um, I don't know if I can find it here. But uh, the vast majority will say. Again, it was like 80 some percent. Yeah. The, the vast majority of white evangelicals supported the use of torture yeah. on suspected terrorists. Now, first of all, torture is illegal. Okay? Yes. First, the law of the land is it's illegal. You yeah. can't do it uh, legally. Uh, and, and, and the way the, the way the question was framed, it was it was, you know, the CIA should should the CIA use torture on suspected terrorists? Now, that's all illegal. And yet. A majority of evangelicals, these are, you know, on fire for Jesus, I believe in being born again, you know, the Bible's the word of God, and da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, I think the secret police should torture people. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I'm in favor of that. And I think, well, <laughs> there, now I'm speechless. I don't yeah, know. I know. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that the Christianity that has formed you you couldn't even. This is like the easiest question we can come up with. Uh, should the secret police torture people, dear follower of Jesus? Yes or no? 
And they can't, I mean, it's, it's the easiest, you just say, no, that yeah. should not be done. But they failed on that one. Yep. And so that's why I think it's just, I think it's a failed, ex- I think it's a failed experiment if the objective is to produce true disciples of Jesus Christ. Yep. What is it about, I mean, it seems to me that younger generations, especially the the countercultural view of Jesus appeals to younger generations. Uh, it, it seems to me. I mean, that's obviously a well, very first bright... of all. Jesus always shines through one yes. way or the other. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, Christianity he... has its legions of critics, and I understand that. Yes. You know, sometimes I'm one of them. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but but you have the very caustic critics, right? You know, you have whether you want to go back to uh, Nietzsche or yeah. whether you want to talk about you know the new atheists. Uh, these are very caustic, or someone like Bill Maher, are very caustic critics of Christianity, and yet none of them attack Jesus. Yeah, yeah, they it's will, interesting. They will even say they admire Jesus. Yeah, and that's I, that's nearly universal. And I think isn't that interesting? Yeah, that even the most uh, the most virulent, most ugly, most vicious. Critics of Christianity say, "Oh, Jesus! Oh, yeah, I, who doesn't like Jesus? It's awesome." Yeah, right. <laughs> and yeah. so, so that's the hope I have for a continuing Christian faith. But we're going to, have to be willing to, to, to publicly repent and separate ourselves from that. You know, whatever that may be, it's numerous things. But the hope that I have that Christian faith will endure for the generation of my grandchildren is that Jesus remains endlessly fascinating. Yes. And if you can just if you can just portray Jesus in some way he will always continue to win hearts. Yep. I mean at least of some people. Yeah. So yeah, I mean I mean do you think do you think younger generations sort of have, have loved that countercultural view of Jesus because they see that American culture is crap, or is it just because younger generations sort of tend to rebel naturally? And I mean, Jesus, I know that's sort of kind of youth pastor cliche, but like Jesus yeah. was very rebellious. I mean, they don't kill people for well, going. I mean, you, know, start... you go to heaven when you die. Well, they're not going to kill Jesus for that, like you mentioned earlier. Right. Well, I mean, I begin the book by telling my own experience in the Jesus movement of the right. 1970s. Which was uh, definitely countercultural, and it was counter. It was it was counter. You know, uh, church as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, there was mistakes in it. There were there was you know youthful hubris and naivete that was present, but there really was this sense that there's nothing safe or tame about following Jesus of Nazareth. That's going to be risky. It's going to be exciting. It's going to at times cost you. It can be dangerous. Uh, but that's what we signed up for. And if there's any one group of people that I wrote this book for, I mean, I just write it for whoever will read it. But but maybe who was lurking in the back of my mind uh, were the Jesus movement people that I knew. And I was one of the younger leaders in it. So, I, I mean, I got on sort of the tail end. I was leading a Jesus movement ministry when I was 17 and people I would know that were leading other ministries were probably six, seven, eight years older than me. So we're talking about people that are now in their mid sixties that started off in the Jesus movement and are now Trump supporters. 
And I want to thank, I just want to just, I just, I think I'll use first names. I think Ron, I think Melody, I, I think Tom, what happened, man? We didn't start off like that to end up here. Yeah. We didn't start off as radical Jesus freaks to end up wearing a MAGA hat. <laughs> and so I'm trying to, you know, to what extent I'll succeed, that's probably limited. Probably the, the book is probably going to have more of an impact upon younger people. But I did keep them in mind. <laughs> that's great. So um, your your takedown of just the abuse of Romans 13 is just fantastic in that book. Um, and that's, that's one that, that, uh, quote unquote evangelicals really, really like, well, uh, they really, really like it when it's a Republican, when it's a Republican, president. right? Sure. Yeah. Um, they didn't really quote that a lot when Obama was president for eight years. Right. Um, right. can you, can you just, so they don't like it if you try to apply it to 1776, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> can you just talk about that passage a little bit and just sort of unpack that a little bit for us? Yeah, Romans 13, the first thing you have to remember about Romans 13 is it comes right after Romans 12. (laughs) (laughs) And and you can't just start with Romans 13. You start with Romans 12, where Paul is apparently uh, working from whatever knowledge he has of the Sermon on the Mount. You know, understand the Gospels were all written after Paul writes Romans, Mm -hmm. but, you know, the, the, the... the knowledge in the church, the memory of the church of Jesus giving the Sermon on the Mount, you know, was obviously with Paul. And he's talking about if your enemy's hungry, feed him, who's thirsty, give him drink, etc. You know, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And then he moves in and he's talking about um, being subject to the governing authorities. Here and, 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 and he talks about Caesar having a sword that Caesar doesn't bear in vain, and the pronoun changes. He's talking to you, he say, you, you, you. He's talking to Christians, you, you, you. And then he starts talking about Caesar and says, he, he, he. And, and because Paul could not imagine the idea of a Christian Caesar yep. or, or Christians high in the apparatus of Roman government. That, that was simply beyond his capacity to imagine that. Uh, so that he doesn't have that in view. What I think he is concerned about is, you know, he's writing Romans. That's that's towards the end of his ministry, and he's aware of the rebellion that's fomenting in Jerusalem. That's going to break out in AD sixty six in the first Jewish war that culminates in the destruction of Jerusalem in seventy. And he doesn't want Christians getting caught up in violent revolution. And since so much of the Christian faith has Jewish roots, you know, especially still at this time, we think that most of the congregations, you know, it was the churches in Rome, and most of them were dogs that had become believers in the resurrection and messiahship of Jesus of Nazareth. But they would also be prone to be seduced into the idea of a violent revolution against Rome, which I just saw as, you know, terribly wicked and Gentile power and all of that sort of thing. And Paul is saying, look, um, the government maintains an order. The government uh, punishes, you know, evildoers like whatever, you know, burglars, shoplifters, murderers. And in so doing, they are serving a good purpose of God. And be subject to them 
in the sense of do not participate in a violent revolution to overthrow them. They don't bear the sword in vain. They're not playing around. You start you start going down that road, well, then you, it's as if even as Jesus anticipated the disaster of AD 70, when assuming that God was on their side, uh, Jewish people would rise up against Rome, and in the end, hundreds of thousands were killed, according to Josephus, and the rest were carried off into slavery. Paul also anticipates that sort of thing, and he's reminding them Caesar doesn't carry around that sword as a decoration. And if you start participating in subversive attempts to undermine the government, to get rid of it, to overthrow it, uh, don't be surprised if that sword comes crashing down upon you. Having said that, remember that the man who said be subject to the governing authorities was executed (laughs) for not being subject to the governing (laughs) authorities. He did not ever participate in a violent revolution to overthrow Rome, but he did confess that Jesus is Lord, and eventually he was beheaded. And so uh, Romans 13 is not a carte blanche endorsement of government, because if that's what you think, then you run into the problem of um, 1930s Germany, when indeed this was a favorite text of the German Christian movement. And they said, no, you know, we can't be questioning Hitler and the rise of national socialism. Uh, this is obviously God's hand at work, and we're making Germany great again, and, and, and we must be subject to the governing authorities. So when, when Romans 13 is used to coerce Christians into supporting the rise of Nazism, well, then you realize that that is probably not a healthy way to interpret Romans 13. And I see something similar going on today. Mm-hmm. But I, but I, I deal with it more articulately in, in the book. So, <laughs> you know, sitting here talking about a podcast, I can't be expected to be brilliant. You know? <laughs> oh, man. One, one thing I uh, always find fascinating in books, and I'll – Anytime an author does it, I I want to want to bring light to it. Um, at the at the end of your book, you um have a playlist on Spotify, um, <laughs> yeah. of several songs that you I assume you listened to or were inspired by this content. Um, um, could you talk about that the choice to do that? Um, because I definitely want people as they're reading the book to listen to the music as well, or you know at different times. It, well, talk about that. I, I'm a music neurotic. I love music. <laughs> I mean, I love music in a way that's kind of hard to describe. Um, I mean, what was I doing right before I went on this? I, I was playing some Led Zeppelin vinyl I'm down nice. in the basement, and and there's a, it's cold here, and I've got a wood stove going, and and I was listening to Houses of the Holy, and uh, well, uh, how, how, it's not hard for me to come up with these playlists. What I do is when I'm done writing, I just go through it and I think, oh, okay, that line was inspired by this or this or or that moment reminded me of this. So I, I'm looking at it here. It's, I think it's 40 songs. Yes, it's 40 songs. Yeah. And by the way, you can find it on Spotify. You know, if you yeah. find me, Brian's on, it's, it's a public playlist. Uh, it you can also search off, it by the title of the book as well. Okay. So yeah. That's how I found it. So it so it starts off tangled up in blue because I I talk about that in the very yeah. mm-hmm. opening pages of the book, and then it goes to Black Dog because I'm I talk about Zeppelin a little bit, but then then we're then we're into the Jesus movement, Res Band or Resurrection Band as it was first called. Do, do you, are you guys at all familiar with them? Yeah, yeah. 
I've heard of them. They were never really on my radar. I was a little they young. Were, they were the first. See, what happened was I'm this heavy rock kid, and then I meet Jesus. And I'm going to love the Jesus music because I love Jesus, but secretly I'm thinking the music is like, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> this is not rock. And, uh, and, I, and I was in Eureka Springs, Arkansas when I was 19, and there was this band getting ready to play called Resurrection Band. And it was the first time I heard a Christian rock band that could actually rock. I mean, they were a rock band. And uh, and you can you can hear that song, Waves, which is actually kind of – and I put, it, I put it right after Black Dog because it's kind of a – Glenn Kaiser, I've known him through the years. He's from Res Band. Uh, if he hears this, which he won't, he'd be offended. But it really is kind of a ripoff of Black Dog. <laughs> 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 but it's done well. Uh, yeah, and then and so so they are either lines from the book or or oh, and I don't even I don't even attribute every line. Right. Like right. like uh, like at one point in in the book, I I remember doing this. I um, I talk about when Perry and I went to walk the Camino, and we decided four years earlier that the next presidential election we were going to be out of the United States just to give us some respite from the madness. And I'd said we had that we have to put a ocean between us and America mm-hmm. during the final throws of the election season. And I drop in this line: sometimes it takes an ocean not to break. I don't know if any, I don't know who will pick that up, but that's a recurring line in one of the songs by the National. Mm-hmm. Doing a tribute, it's cool. Drop in little lines like that that you've <laughs> stolen, and see if anybody finds them. <laughs> That's awesome. You got some some great bands. You you do have the National on there, Future Islands. You've got U two, Bob Dylan, of course, uh, Johnny Cash. Man, you've got some some your, great songs. Your on there. Dylan, your Dylan selections are just fantastic. Well, that's yeah, that's my that's my jam. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking for something. Just give just give me a second. <laughs> let me let me find this here. One of the songs, one of the okay, I'm having to do several things at the same time here. In the playlist, there, there are several songs by the National. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of them is uh, "The System Only Dreams in Total Darkness." Yeah. No, "Walk It Back." Walk it back. That's yeah. what I'm looking. At. Walk it back. That is a song that actually has this quote in it. Uh, it it's 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 spoken off in the background. Uh, where is it? You write your own book, and you can't find it. Where is the part where I talk about what was? Well, maybe I, maybe I can find it here from looking at the footnotes. Yep, there it is. It's footnote twelve of chapter seven. All right, I'm gonna find this thing. I'm not getting this far into. Footnote twelve, seven. Um, I'm almost there. If, if you find it, you tell me where it is. Um, page. Oh, uh, one oh nine. Yeah. So like this is a Bible so, uh, drill from back. So in the a day. senior White House <laughs> advisor in 2002 told a New York Times magazine reporter. We're an empire now. 
And when we act, we create our own reality. Mm-hmm. And while you're studying that reality judiciously as you will, we'll act again, creating other new realities, which you can study too. And that's how things will sort out. We're history's actors, and you, all of you, will be left just to study what we do. Now, you listen to that song, Walk It Back, yeah. and by the way, it does have some profane language in it. It's a, but, it's a great album, though. Yeah, it is. But, but, but you hear that. That whole thing is read in the background. Uh, that whole quote is in that's that's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I have a, I have a question based on off your playlist. I know which one <laughs> you, you included in your playlist, um, but which version do you think is better of all along the Watchtower, Dylan or Hendrix? Ooh. You know, I love Hendrix's cover, and to this day, when Dylan does it in concert, and he, and by the way, he's done all along the Watchtower more than any song in his, you know, catalog. And to this day, he does it. Basically, it's a cover of Hendrix's cover. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The cover of a cover. Yeah. That, and I love it. I mean, I think it's great. I sometimes think, okay, three great rock songs, just to capture the essence of rock and roll. I would have, I would have Layla. Yeah. I would have, even though it's a cliche now, but, you know, just don't let it be a cliche. Just recognize Dang, that's a great song, Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. And then and then I would have Hendrix's All Along the Watchtower. Having said all of that, though, I think actually I prefer that just stripped down, you know, off the John Wesley Harding album of Dylan. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Because, because that's when you get the – that's when you're drawn into the lyrics. Yep, yeah, yep. You, you, listen, you listen to Hendrix's version and you love the guitar and, and the arrangement and all of that. But but with Dylan, it's like you, you you just stumble into this conversation that's happening. You know, there must be some way out of here," said the Joker to the thief. And you're you're thinking, "Where are they? What do they got to get out of? Who's a Joker? What's this thief?" <laughs> <And> <laughs> you're 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 instantly you're just. I mean, what a brilliant way to start a song. There must be some way out of here," said yeah. the Joker to the yep. thief. And and you're just drawn into it. And by the way, that it. Most of that stuff comes from, I think it's Isaiah 21. Is that right? Did you know that? You Man, no, I don't think I knew that. I knew. Oh, I mean, I've known about the yeah, Watchtower. Uh, I feel like I've there. known that and forgotten it. Yeah, yeah. Isaiah 21 has two riders. It has a Watchtower. It has a Watchman. It has it has a whirlwind out in the desert, you know, and the wind begins. All elements. Even, you know, just three verses, no chorus, no bridge that never resolves itself. You don't really know what's going to happen. You're, you, you're, you're drawn into the into the story right in the middle of it. You don't know really what's going on. And then it ends with, and the wind began to howl. And there's this sense of foreboding. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's out of Isaiah 21, which is where you find the first Old Testament Babylon is fallen. Hmm. <laughs> We tied so that right up, man. <laughs> Put a little bow on it. A little Bob Dylan bow. That's what that is. Here's, here's the ESV translation of Isaiah 21, uh, 9. And behold, here comes riders, horsemen in pairs. Two riders were approaching. And he answered, fallen, fallen is Babylon. Oh, man. Huh. Yeah, that's great. Man, I have to listen to that album tomorrow. Yep. Know yeah. what I'm listening to I've tomorrow? Got that on vinyl. That's going on tomorrow. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I, I always enjoy being with you guys. You're uh, winsome and, and uh, 
I don't know. Handsome? <laughs> <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, we'll, we'll give you winsome. I'm not sure about the second one. But. Um, where can people find you online? You know, if you just Google Brian Zond, I mean, I'm the only one. <laughs> and so I'm on, Twitter, I'm, I'm on Twitter causing trouble. I'm on Instagram being fairly nice. <laughs> I'm on Facebook flying low, hoping that they don't come for me. Uh, and I blog at brianzond.com. <laughs> and also the uh, Word of Life podcast, get your sermons yeah. as well. Yes, yep. yes, yes. The um, yeah, that's wolc.com, like Word of Life Church. Yep. Wolc.com. But if you just Google Brian's on, it's all there. Yeah, yeah. If you want to hear Brian talk about more music, the Finding God on Your iPod series yeah. is always phenomenal. I yeah. feel like we need to have you on just to talk about music at some that point. That would be a lot of fun. That would be I a love, lot of fun. I, I love doing that. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I love that. We'll, uh, we'll catch you on, on the other side of the Camino at some point, and we'll <laughs> we'll do that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks, Brian. Now that we puked in your seat, you can tell us what you think. If five stars get red, but one star is dead to us. Feedback to us. Five star reviews. Nope. Hmm. Not a one. We did get a five star, but just no words. Mm. Or they haven't shown up yet. So. God damn it! <laughs> Fucking thing sucks! <laughs> I'm Chris Hansen. <laughs> Is that? No, you're not. Yes, I, I love that so Sending much. Chris Hansen to your house if you haven't given us a five-star <laughs> review. Hello, darkness, no, my no, you're not. Friend. Oh, yeah. I love it. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. I'm in a glass case of emotion! <laughs> All right. <laughs> it don't matter to Jesus! Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, oh boy all right god can i, I read this please <laughs> he just <laughs> tradition okay we're good michael thank you god i hate his soundboard so much <laughs> Shut up and take my money. I'm hanging up. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. I'm hanging up. Go. All right, Brian, for go sure. Ahead. Uh, top seven. Uh, Thanks, guys. Appreciate number it. <laughs> no five star review. Fucking seven <laughs> Twitter comments. God, we had more comments. All right, time to quit the podcast. Only We're seven done. usable ones. Nobody fucking. Uh, out. Number seven, Jason Williams at JW four seven four two one. At Pastor's Podcast, sometimes when Polly named Matt is really tickled and laughs, he sounds like Goose's laugh in Top Gun (laughs) in response to Iceman's the plaque for the alternates is down in the ladies' room. Hashtag blinded by MC Hammer. No, no, no. There's two O's in Goose, boys. (laughs) Number six, uh, technical knockout Knoll69 at (laughs) Knolls underscore TK. At Pastor's Podcast, I think this is my favorite foofy ever. I feel like yins are reading my mind. Number five, David Sluss at Dave the Explorer. Hi, Dave. What is this heresy from MJ Basinger in 
in Pastors Podcast episode 155. He doesn't like Doctor Who. Hashtag Michael is dead to me. That's fine. With all those names, has there ever been a podcast with so many potential hashtags? Hashtag blinded by MC Hammer. Hashtag lump in his trunks. Wow. I like that a lot. Number four, Beck Ray at Little Ray of Beck. Beck uh, Ray. I've drunk. I come from a land down under. Good day, mate. I've drunk a lot over my years, but never enough to be hashtag blinded by MC Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag, is that what you meant? <laughs> hashtag, must be. No, it's not. <laughs> Number three, Casey at Achtung Casey, the, the German, German Wunderkind. Uh, at Pastor's Podcast, I watched the video, and based on your descriptions, I expected more swinging. I'm hanging up. And I still don't know what the pumps or bumps that Hammer likes actually are. Huh. Hashtag blinded by MC Hammer. I have a bad feeling about this. Hashtag I'm hanging up. Well, you see, Casey, when a man has an anaconda... Yeah. And he loves a woman. There's an awful lot of moisture in here. <laughs> there we go. There was an right. awful lot of moisture in that yeah. video. Uh-huh. Bro. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number two, Paul Fodder. Didn't touch her. Never heard Paul of her. Paul Fodder. Never heard of her. Uh, at Pastor's Podcast, I fell asleep listening to episode 81 and was woken up to the three of you belting out Africa by Toto. There was no way to hit the mute button fast enough. Hashtag right at the root. Oh. Up all. It has the worst line in music history. Um, What's yeah. the worst line? Um, uh, how's it go? How's it start? Uh, Something like Kilimanjaro rises above the Serengeti. God, it's the worst line. Well, Kilimanjaro rises like Mount Olympus above the Serengeti. Terrible. Oh my God. A, it doesn't fit. B, it makes no goddamn sense. He has to like squeeze it in there. It's terrible. It's like, oh, I have room for eight syllables. Here's 20. It's terrible, man. God. All right. Number one. Hold on. All right. Get back to No drum roll. All right. Laurel. (laughs) I say we blow the fuckers up. Uh. Hashtag Team Michael at Swashbuckling. Oh, my God. That was it? No, that's great. Thanks. It took me five days to finish the special Pumps and a Bump episode of Pastor's Podcast. Best part, the poly giggle fest at the end while Michael calmly talked through the outro. (laughs) (laughs) Also, dick ass man. Hashtag blinded by MC Hammer. I saw the light. I saw the light. (laughs) No MC Hammer's I'm... massive prong. <laughs> now I'm so happy. Praise the Lord. I saw the dawn. <laughs> That's great. That's, That's <laughs> really great. <laughs> great, Michael. I'm so glad we pushed to the end of that. Yeah. Um, what are, what, 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 what's going on? I don't I could be sleeping right now. So what just. Why are you so tired at 9 p.m.? Some of us work today, Michael. Hey, I, I worked really hard holding my right, two-year-old yeah. today. And the fact yeah. that you call it work tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag, God forbid we forget we are in America. Hashtag, budget is tight and we only have one flagpole. <laughs> one flagpole would probably be a pretty good yeah. one, too. Hashtag, I would put Jesus. It's a sequel to uh, One Headlight by the Wallflowers. <laughs> I saw the Wallflowers in concert. Come I did too. They opened for the Crows. They were, right. they they were fine. And the they, Crows were fantastic. Yeah, they were. That was my first secular concert. I think it might have been mine. I think too. it was too. 
boy. I would put Jesus first, but it is against the law. Hashtag, you can go anywhere you like when you die. <laughs> hashtag, Secretary of Afterlife Affairs. <laughs> like Brian that. was a hashtag rich Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, hashtag, Born Again Cyrus. Hashtag, Next Stop is the Graveyard. Hashtag, Unlightened Matt. <laughs> hashtag, Pretty Strong Elastic. I don't know what the fuck that was from. What the hell was that from? I have no clue. Pretty Strong Elastic. <laughs> no God, idea. I have no idea. <laughs> hashtag, Lewis Black is my spirit animal. Hashtag, 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 but hashtag, 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 Doug Murphy. Doug Murphy. I really like this. This might be be my winner. That's like when I convinced my oldest two kids that Chewbacca had a cousin named Joel Baca. Joel Baca, yeah. And they still believe it. And his his brother's name is Doug. Joel Baca. Uh, uh, Hashtag, I've seen Planet of the Apes. (laughs) The documentary. <laughs> seen all of them. Hashtag a John, a John Boat of Alfredo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one that would carry some weight. To that's it. pretty good. That's pretty good. I like that a lot, actually. Is that it? That's it. Man, I really like a John Boat of Alfredo. <laughs> uh, hashtag bring unenlightened Matt back. <laughs> Hashtag ghost pepper UTIs. <laughs> Shit. Hashtag get diphtheria and die. Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag Doug Murphy. Hashtag giant gummy python. <laughs> Hashtag happy little penis. Just a happy little penis. Hashtag thing. all aboard the fisting train. <laughs> what? I missed that. I think I said that. Didn't yeah, you did. <laughs> Hashtag offensive missile. Hashtag crystal Matheny. Metheny. Crystal Metheny. Hashtag is that Pat Matheny's daughter? And then <laughs> hashtag Yasmin bleeds mugshot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, I've got Doug Murphy. (laughs) Um, I really like that. Got uh, hashtag help you finish. Uh, Hashtag happy little penis. Hashtag geode shaped dildo. Um, Hashtag mother poacher. Doug Murphy. Murphy. Hashtag uh, Secretary of Afterlife Affairs. Uh, Hashtag A, it doesn't fit. <laughs> what? I don't even know. I did? Yes, um, just, just like three minutes ago. <laughs> Hashtag, he has to squeeze it in there. <laughs> and hashtag Hashplag. Hashtag Hashplag. Oh man, I like Doug Murphy or a or a John, John Boat of Alfredo. I kind of like John Boat of yeah, Alfredo. Yeah, I do. Are we just gonna do John Boat of Alfredo? Yes. All right. All right. That's, that's so good. God damn it, that's good. John's just J O H N, right? I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you come up with? Actually, it might be J O N. John Boat. Hold on. Let me. I'm Googling. No, it is J O N. J O N Boat. John Boat. Yeah. 
Um, if you'd like to if you have listened to this episode in its entirety hit us up on social media with the hashtag hashtag John Boat of Alfredo we are at uh, on Twitter at Pastors Podcast uh, I deleted my Twitter you oh did? good for you my, off my phone oh, I was gonna say cause no. you literally were just posted on Twitter, Twitter like 20 minutes ago no I didn't well 45 minutes ago did I yeah you did oh I did you're right <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you I just did delete. I did delete it off my phone though. Yeah. Uh, at Polly Matt. Matt. Yeah. He's still fucking reading it and using it. I don't know why you said that. You're really bad. Um, at uh, MJ Basinger, uh, Facebook.com slash Pastors Podcast. Song fucking rules, it's, man. Um, really good. <laughs> it has an 18 vibe to it. I just love. No, it has a 1970s like. I get 18 like, vibes. Superfly vibe. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Which is what I love about it. <laughs> Curtis Mayfield all day long. <laughs> Hashtag Andy Morris, Curtis Mayfield. <laughs> Instagram, we're in Glorious Bastards. Subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, Check out our website, ingloriousbastards.com. Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you. Um, you can listen to all our... Uh, join Patreon to listen to our bonus content. Um, buy surround and help shape the content of this show. Uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash... Pastors podcast. Money well spent, people. Yeah, yeah. we uh, sort of have a have a uh, turd talk coming out this week. With this weekend, who? Stephen Austin. Oh my God, the man, the myth, the legend. Stephen F. Austin. That so should be uh, should be a good time. It was good. Yeah. Good time. It was a giggly good time. Steve's all right. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. Small doses. <laughs> like ten minutes. Like you get ten minutes with him, you're good, probably. Yeah. 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 I feel like so. Yeah. So, so we naturally did an hour. <laughs> that sounds about right too. <laughs> hey Matt, send your stories. I'm about done with Twitter. Oh my god. God damn it, Brad. <laughs> Jesus. Like I'm glad. I'm glad you're so invested. <laughs> In Brad this is podcast. Like, has his coat on, had his hat. He's walking out the door. <laughs> See you guys later. He's like posting shit as you he walks out the door. You don't have to work tomorrow. Yeah, I know, but I'd like to go home and, I don't know, see my wife. Because I haven't her? seen her literally all day, basically. Her? Yes, her. Her? <laughs> I like her, actually, a lot. Really? Yeah. Her? Yes, her. <laughs> Love you, sister-in-law. Uh-huh. She's not God, Michael. God damn it. Delete that fucking you're ruining. Clip. You're ruining the song. Stop it. Michael. 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 Oh, my God. Speaking of somebody who wants to get diphtheria and die, can we talk about him? Michael, turn it off. What are you doing?